We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Oh, baby. I have been born ready for rapid fire. I, I, I didn't even know we were getting into it this early. Did I catch you off guard? Well, it's already 645. I mean, we've been at this for a while. I know. I just looked up myself and I was like, is it? have we really been talking that long? We have. We've been going. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump into here. Here is... ESPN's Greg McElroy on his always college football show, and he is talking about Notre Dame. I got to see if I can uh, find the right cut to queue up here as I find the Greg McElroy cuts. Here it is. Same to me yesterday, having called the game and seeing them in person. I still have some questions about overall team speed, and, and that's okay. Because I think they acknowledge that. I think they recognize that. But this team is extremely well coached. Extremely well coached. Marcus Freeman is really, I don't want to say he's growing up before our eyes, but he is doing the little things as a head coach that feel wise beyond his years. Calling timeouts at the end of the half so that they can potentially steal some points, which was a huge, huge momentum play in the game. Calling timeouts before the half, give the ball back to Sam Hartman. They hit a big play right down the right sideline. And the next thing you know, next play, touchdown. I mean, that, that's Marcus Freeman just gave their offense an extra seven points. And that was him to be aggressive and to keep the pedal down and to understand and trust his guys enough to do it. All right. So there's Greg McElroy. Of course, he was the analyst for ESPN along with uh, Sean McDonough doing the play by play Saturday for the <laughs> Notre Dame North Carolina State game. You're chuckling. Uh, he's not sure about Notre Dame's team speed. There are some fans who actually feel the same. Scale of 1 to 10. How big a concern is Notre Dame's team speed to you, Jess? Um, so 10 being like, wow, I'm overly concerned. I'm very I concerned. Yeah, I, can, I need to I'm fix this right now. Uh-huh. Um, I give it. I think I'd, I'd land somewhere between a three and a four. Um, I don't necessarily, well, you know, I'm going to stick with a three because I don't think that it's overall very, con- like, oh, this is such a, there's so many layers to this question. Um, 
are they up there with you're, like, you're making this a very layered question. no but like it's <laughs> there is layers to it because are they on the same playing field as alabama in terms of team speed no are they in terms of in terms of ohio state are they on the same playing field in terms of team speed no and i think that was evident when Tobias Merriweather got caught on that pass route over the middle, that is the play that sticks out. And that's the play where I, I, I agree with what Greg McElroy is saying, but I think Jared Parker realizes that and he constructs offensive plays that don't compromise their team speed. Like he finds a way to integrate the speed that they have and the things that they're good at. And those are successful play calls, right? Um, but I also think the flip side of that is why you're seeing so many freshmen on offense play because they do have that speed. And I, I think that is a big reason why Marcus Freeman is getting these guys playing time is because he knows that these freshmen with their talent and speed unlock another dimension yes. of this offense. And so I just don't think that they're quite there yet. And I think they're kind of working it. Um, they're, they're working it throughout the season of getting these guys comfortable with the offense. And then you'll see that team speed kind of elevate. So do you see why there was layers to that answer? I see why there's layers because it's not like there, and, and McElroy wasn't saying that there's no speed on this team. He's saying team speed. And you're talking about, you've got different, you've got running backs. They've got you've speed got, on the team. You've got wide receivers. You've got tight ends. They're, they're obvious, you know, and then you go to the defensive side, you've got the secondary, you've got the linebackers. There are different spots where there's speed. As, as Hold My Shillelagh says, Audric Estime registered over 20 miles an hour on his hot dog-fueled touchdown run. He hit almost 21 miles an hour on the 80-yard run. So it's not like there isn't any speed, and that's not what McElroy was saying. And that's why, without being as, as, as complex as the mathematician-slash-engineer that you are, I agree with what you're saying, and I put it probably in that three to four range because against 90% of the teams Notre Dame is going to see this season, that team speed isn't going to be a big factor. I think the two biggest ones that you've got to point to are going to be Ohio State and USC. USC, we saw it last year, and we've seen it year after year after year with what they do at the wide receiver positions. There's always speed there, but that said, as I've said before, I think that not just from a speed standpoint, but from a technical standpoint as well, this Notre Dame secondary, and again, a lot of them young guys, as you just pointed out, that's why you're seeing some of these young guys like Jeremiah Love, Jaden Greathouse, you know, you flip it like Christian Gray got to play a little bit more last week. So a lot of these different guys, that's where the speed is because that's where the recruiting has picked up over right. the last couple of years. That's why that's the Marcus those, Freeman effect. And that's why the roster is getting deeper with those kind of guys. And so for right now, it's, it's not perfect, but it's definitely getting better. It is again, as McElroy, you know, he's, he's saying it's not a big issue. Is it going to be an issue in a couple, you know, a couple of the bigger games this year, because Notre Dame will have an advantage there in a lot of different spots, but, is it going to show up against an Ohio State who's going to have arguably the best receivers that anyone's going to see? Yeah, I just think against Ohio State, you can't expect to, to win by going speed on speed, right? Like, you know Ohio State's faster than you. you got to do things to, comp or to, to bridge that gap, be stronger than them, be more physical than 
you know, not commit as many penalties. Like speed is just one aspect of the game. Like we talk right. about football players having a five tool, you know, it's similar in football. That's just one tool um, within the toolbox. And a lot of people are giving me flack about Tobias Merriweather. Listen, he was at full speed when he got caught. It's not like he he turned and and got caught there. He was he was upfield at full speed and got caught. You know, and I, you're not the first one to mention it. It's come up playing on the same field. Okay, yes, so I don't want to come up multiple times this week. He got caught by a linebacker by behind you know from behind. And I've seen plenty of fans say, you know, a guy like Tobias can't get caught by a, a linebacker from behind. It's and and that's that's a true statement. It's a true statement. So it it's. And it's not knocking him to say it. It's just pointing him out, you know, or it's, it's fact it happened. So I don't know what else you can do about it. Like that's, it's something that's, that's got to continue to get better. And I'm sure that it will. Right. Just the way it is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. What do you think about what McElroy said about Freeman's game management and and coaching about the way he you know used the timeouts and stuff like that? 
I think that that's been the biggest improvement of Marcus Freeman this season, him as a coach, him as a game manager. Um, and listen, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to just see, seem like I'm just saying this, but like in the moment, I was like, damn, these are just so smart timeouts by Marcus Freeman because we saw what Sam Hartman has done in the two minute drill before. He just needs a little bit of clock, right? Like, and, and that's the thing. And I was like, man, there are NFL coaches who still can't figure this out. Yes. And Marcus Freeman is in year two, and he already knows, okay, you want to get down here? We'll take our timeouts. We'll give our 60-year quarterback the ball back in the two-minute drill. And even if you sneak a field goal in there, that's a win, let alone a touchdown right before the half. That is such a dagger in the momentum of NC State or any opponent that you play. Look, man, Andy Reid has won two Super Bowls and he's been to two more and he still has a hard time figuring all this stuff out at the end of halves. Mike McCarthy. I mean, do we want to go down that road and start talking about it there? Like you said, Robert Sala, you know, like if there there are plenty of NFL head coaches who struggle with this. And the fact that Marcus Freeman is in year two. As, as a head coach and hasn't, you know, has barely gone through a full season as a head coach and hasn't gone through two full seasons. And he's as on point with it as he is. Vince and I were sitting here last week kind of having fun about it, but he was, you know, arguing with, with himself and through the press box with Marcus Freeman about, are you going to call timeouts or not? You know, like at the end of the first half against Tennessee state. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, he's, you got to make sure this is going to happen and this and, and then, lo and behold, Marcus Freeman uses a couple of timeouts, leaves him 53 seconds. All he needed was 38. You know, he left 15 <laughs> seconds to he spare. Said, oh, we'll, we don't, we'll give you 15 back. We didn't yeah. need all of it. He is. And, like, if you if you look back at all three of the end of the first halves, he has done a great job managing that clock. And as we were talking about the other day, with, like, with the right, you know, like, the Tennessee, the Tennessee State stuff, the way he used the timeouts, that happened right after Antonio Carter got ejected for targeting. So you've got that going on. Last week, you had the Riley Mills hands-to-the-face stuff, and he's out there arguing with the, with the official. And in the midst of all that, he still makes the proper calls with the timeouts. So I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing that he has shown the maturity as a head coach in such a short amount of of time with that kind of thing specifically that, as you said, can take some NFL head coaches a whole career and they don't even figure it out. All right. So, uh, some more Greg McElroy and this, by the way, I can't remember if I said this is on his, I want to give credit for the show. It's his always college football show, his, uh, his podcast, always college football. So he talked a little Holden stays as well. He came away from that Notre Dame, North Carolina state game with uh, some positive impressions of Holden stays. And then I think too, the pass catchers, we kind of mentioned him the last couple of weeks. Holden stays is going to be a problem. He ended up having a big day yesterday. had a good catch and run in the absence of obviously a super elite tight end from a year ago they're probably not going to be able to replace him as a well-rounded player, but you can replace his receiving ability with Holden stays. You can replace his end of the line willingness with Mitchell Evans. And then when Raritan gets back in a couple weeks at some point, now you have the guy that's six, seven and can fly. All right. So there's Greg McElroy on Holden stays. Do you, here's my question to you. Do you buy or sell the emergence of stays as a true X factor for the Irish offense going forward. I, I really do. And 
No, first of all, I got to give compliments to to Greg McElroy. I think he is like he has an immense knowledge of you know everything that he talks about, right? Like he he knows about Eli Raritan, who hasn't even seen the field in a long time, right? So it's just like it's nice and refreshing to hear someone that just has all the facts with them, right? Just and, just make just make sure he knows that Jaden Thomas is not a tight end, and I think everyone <laughs> will be fine. Right, the most part, right. <laughs> um, you know, I I picked. I think it was before the season started. I, I it was a show Vince and I did. I picked Stays to be the guy at tight end. I think that, and, and just because of what you're bringing up, he's an excellent pass catcher. I didn't think Mitchell Evans was as good of a pass catcher, but he was a better blocker. And that just goes along with what McRae was saying. I think the combination of them, and when you get into twelve personnel, you have one guy who's you know can block, and then you have the other guy who's the pass catcher. And I think stays is the X factor because you account for everyone else that's shown on film, right? You see great house. Um, you see Tobias with the big frame. You see Tyree with the speed. You see Jaden Thomas with another, you know, a, a, a big, a, a big bodied wide receiver who still moves. Well, I think why Holden stays is an X factor is because he is such a great pass catcher. He's got good speed. Um, and it's just another big body that you have to account for. Like what safety wants to go one-on-one with Holden mm-hmm. stays up a seam who wants to tackle Holden stays in the open field. Right. And so I just think it's another great target for Sam Hartman. And when all else fails, Oh, there's Holden stays, right? Like I could just dump it down to him. So I do really see him as an X factor. Cause I think he goes overlooked and he provides relief to some of these other wide receivers. Look, he was wide. He's been wide open a couple of times and you end up wide open as a tight end because there are so many, like the way that Sam Hartman has spread the ball around to both the receivers and the running backs. I know we talk about it a lot, but it's just now you add this to that. You can attack all three levels and there's just no way. If you decide to double one guy, you're going to get burned. And when you have a guy that's already shown what Holden stays can do, I, I think that I think that it is. I think that it, it is going to take. It, it's really going to help take this offense to the next level. That doesn't mean that he's going to be like you know like the alpha target like Michael Mayer, but I, I just think that it, it helps bring so much diversity to the offense. And then like Greg McElroy talked about, if and when you get Eli Raritan back, that's just another element that you're going to throw in there. But I do. I I think that stays can be a big X factor for these guys, especially when you are going up against Ohio State next week. Listen, the last thing Sam Hartman needs is another good catcher of the ball because that's just another person that has to be defended, right? Like it, it, if I'm the if I'm an opposing defense, it's like pick your battle, right? Like Greathouse can catch the ball. Tobias can catch the ball. Daniels can catch the – or yeah, Jamie Daniels can catch the ball. Um, you know, just like go down the list. They have so many targets. And then when you add someone with like the with the – you know, the makeup of stays, it's just like, it's just another guy that you have to worry about in game plan around. I do agree with what you're saying about Greg McElroy. I, th- I think that like, like him as a broadcaster, I think he's, he's like, great. like, he, I think he's grown a lot in the last couple of years and uh, starting to see it now that he's kind of moved up a level in terms of the booth that he's in with, with uh, Sean. I always enjoy McDonough. I've always liked McDonough, but like, I feel like, I mean, he's been around for a long time now and he's, he's, He's from Boston, that East Coast, and he's just got enough of that snarkiness in him. You know, like if you if you were paying attention last week, you heard him, you know, with like a few, you know, kind of sarcasm, snark bombs in there. I always enjoy that as well when McDonough's doing a game. So 
Jeff says, speaking of Marcus Freeman growing up as a coach, this upcoming game was a nightmare type of game for this team last year. They put that behind them now. What do you think about that? I think we'll see. I, I think that this is the true, you know, like, let, let's break it down here. Navy on the road in Ireland, right? Like hard to hard to flop in that game, right? Like there's, it's just a national stage. It's the first game of the year. You have, you've had all summer to prepare for the triple option. Like there should be no flop. Okay. You go into game two FCS school, right? Like the, uh, again, that you, you should be able to handle business. Okay. Now you got NC state on the road, a, a, a solid power five team. You know, they play well at home. They have a solid defense. Right. And so like the, there's, again, there's hype to play in that game. This to me is like the first true kind of trap door game of the season coming back home you're three and oh it's central michigan you're favored by more than 30 points can you do it again can you take care of business at home and not look like a cow last year or a marshall last year or a stanford last year i think this is the true test of has marcus freeman fully matured and is this team going to come out and execute how they have the first three games of the year i completely agree this is the classic trap game to me you're coming off north carolina state which everyone viewed as the first real test of the season after so lopsidedly beating navy and in tennessee state in back-to-back weeks you had a a fairly hard hard fought win against north carolina state even though you kind of ended up you know winning going away in the end but now you've got ohio state coming up next week and i mentioned ohio state yesterday to reggie brooks and even he doesn't want to talk about next week and (laughs) Ohio State and Marcus Freeman was putting on the hard sell on Monday talking about what kind of team Central Michigan is and all that kind of stuff so uh, yeah like this is a good coach yeah they do this is where we're going to truly find out I think if that kind of stuff is a thing of the past my gut tells me it is just because of I, I I really like what I've seen so far you know just again like going back to Marcus Freeman's organization and just Really, with very few exceptions, there have been a few exceptions, but you haven't seen a lot of confusion-type stuff going on. More penalties, I think, last week than anyone would like to see. But but yeah. overall, just you know, the organization, the way things have run so far, it's been it's looked really good so far. So again, my gut tells me it's a thing of the past, but we'll find out for sure this Saturday when we see exactly what that looks like. I gotta let out a, a disclaimer. El okay. Conquistador, I know who you are. I'm on to you. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. I I missed you the last couple of weeks. I felt like I didn't see you very much. He's wearing a mask. That's right. He's he's hiding his his true self with what he's doing. <laughs> All right. So here is Sam Hartman. Did a little media last night. Sam Hartman asked about Heisman candidacy. Here's his response. You know, up front, our guys are playing really well. Um, and, I, and I think the the tight ends obviously had a huge day. You know, you got guys you know making plays on the outside, and obviously Audric um, kind of opened that game up for us. And, and outside, receivers made a lot of plays. Device had a big catch, right? CT had a huge catch, and, and that puts me into those conversations. Um, but all that is is all washed without you know everybody around me. You know, GP calling the plays, you know, being there on the sideline, Coach Freeman giving me the opportunity. Um, but again, I, I, not that I've I've been in this situation before, right, at, at Wake and, and those different things. And, yeah, you, you see it, you hear it. But, again, there's no uh, there's no me and all those conversations without up front, 
on the outsides, right in the trenches, those guys coming to war for me and, and shooting even the scout team guys, even, um, you know, Alexa with nutrition, like all those things go into play for me and um, all those different things are, uh, are huge for us to, um, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm healthy and, and the team has success. He did everything or said everything except got to support the team. Want to, you know, good Lord willing. I just want to do what I can <laughs> like everywhere. You know, give him credit because anytime he's been kind of asked about himself, he starts off talking about his teammates. But uh, what do you, what do you think about his response to Heisman candidacy? I think that his response to Heisman candidacy was very, politician-esque it was like (laughs) walking around and kissing babies on the forehead right Uh he gave praise to the offensive line he gave praise to the tight ends he gave praise to audrick he gave praise to the wide receivers before he even said anything. the nutritionist he gave praise to the nutritionist (laughs) (laughs) right And, and before he even mentioned anything about himself um i think there's serious serious talks about sam hartman and the heisman because listen it comes down as much as people don't want to admit to it. It still comes down to team success at the end of the day. If Sam Hartman has a tremendous season and Notre Dame makes it to the playoff, potentially a national championship game. Hell, if they win the whole thing, Sam, Hart, as much as they, they'll tell you, it doesn't matter. It matters. And I just think Sam Hartman is a steal and a dark horse at quarter at Heisman right now. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I sent you a tweet before the game or sorry, before the show. I did. Dave, Dave Portnoy put $10,000 on Sam Hartman to win the Heisman. I wish I had that kind of FU money to just throw 10 K on Sam Hartman to win the Heisman. Well, that'll happen when you, when you buy your other company back for a dollar or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, you, you get to keep a lot of money in your pocket. You get to go around tasting pizza around the country, I think. But yeah, he bet 10 grand at plus 2000 odds. And I agree with what he said because it's a steal. It's a steal. It's like you might as well get some value out of it. And and if you've got the money to throw at it, like I should have bet more this summer, but he was, you know, less a, a, I don't want to say sure thing, but he, you know, I got him at plus 3000 odds. I didn't bet near, you know, anywhere near 10,000 bucks, but if you've got a little cash to throw at it, especially right now, because after next week, is where we're really going to find out. Well, that's what is he said. Guy he, a Heisman the value is going to drop when they, when they beat Ohio State in two weeks, right? A like week it's, and a half, yeah, right. And so it's going to get even cheaper. So he's he's at plus twenty one hundred on FanDuel right now. So he's already, you know, you got him at plus three thousand. It's already gone down, you know, almost a thousand points at this rate. And El Conquistador asked who Dave Portnoy, the Dave guy, Portnoy, who owns the Barstool, Barstool Sports, yeah. 10 grand. And uh, I think, I think I saved it here. So if he, he screenshotted the, uh, the bet slip. Yeah. So he bet $10,000 on Sam Hartman at plus 2000 odds. He would win $210,000 if, uh, if Sam Hartman wins the Heisman trophy with that bet. So Hey, but like you said, he's got the FU money to do it. So I'd be in that boat as well. <laughs> how is, you know, speaking of Heisman, how is Audric not talked about? He's the leading running back in the country right now. Uh, because of what you said, he's the running back. 
and <laughs> Sam Hartman is the quarterback at Notre Dame. And Sam Hartman, if, you know, again, things go the way Notre Dame wants them to go next week, Sam Hartman is going to become the national story. It's not going to become Audrey Castamay. That's it's true. going to become Sam Hartman. That's true. We're going to see a lot of Sam Hartman specials after the, if, if they, they're able to get it done. Yep, exactly. All right. Let me see. I've got a couple super chats in here still. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Marty Biaggi says he's seen Spencer Schrader kick a 70-yard field goal. See, this question was hard because it's like, how do you how, like how do you go with this one? Like it's impressive. Like, um here's what I want to know. Like, how many of these, especially like high-level guys and guys who are in the NFL, how many of them can just you know get one of those, you know, the little stick holder? things and go out try the yard field goal yeah like how many of them could do that you know because it's one thing to in a in in biagi kind of talked about it a little bit in some of his other comments it's one thing to put the little tripod stick thing up there and kick a long field goal it's another thing to do it when everyone's lined up and you've got the pressure to do it you've got game conditions and that kind of thing yeah so like it's all it's all you know it's it's impressive but I want to see him hit the 40 yarders. I want to see him hit the 45 yarders, uh-huh. you know, give me the consistent money ones because those are going to be the ones that, that, that propel you against, you know, an Ohio state or a USC or a one possession game. Like you can't be missing field goals at the end of a, a hard laborious drive against some of these bigger opponents. Um, so I, I don't, I honestly don't care if you can hit it from 70, show me you can make it from 35 to 45 with consistency. That's true. I mean, so far they haven't had to rely on field goals. Had the couple tries last week that they ended up. But again, you're going to get into every point is going to be valuable when you're playing Ohio State, USC, and you know maybe Duke, even in Clemson and those kind of schools. Every point's going to be valuable. You've got to have them. Well, the thing is, too, it's like the, the last thing an offense wants to do is feel like they did their job, they were successful, they're coming off the field, and, and then the, the quarterback, kicker. and then your kicker shanks it because then it's like, well, that, that that's so demoralizing, and it's such a – it can honestly be a big momentum shift in a game when, again, you have such a, you know, a, a 10, 15-play drive that only results in a field goal, and, you, and, and your quarter – or your sorry, your kicker shanks it. Here's a super chat. From Tyler Evans. Thanks for the super chat, Tyler. This is one I've been kind of thinking on for a while since I saw it come in. Can you guys rank the Power Five conferences this year? Let's go one by one. I'll start with my one, and then you go to your one. Okay. I'm gonna. I I, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, but right now where we sit today, the Big Twelve is number one for me. The Big Twelve is now. Yep. Is that all because of the? Uh, the uh the the win over Alabama last week is that why you're putting you know the Texas win over Alabama is that why you're putting them so high um I, I couple that with um Colorado's success um I couple well, that Colorado's in the Pac-12 still oh crap you're right <laughs> man not yeah, a hot Pac-12, start for me the Pac-12 would be my number one right now from from top to bottom as a conference because they have, and I was sitting here, they've got eight teams in the top 25 this week, and I need to pull up the stand. You know, they went through that entire first weekend without a loss, and they have been, now they they, they got a few losses last week, the bottom of the conference, Arizona, the, both Arizona schools, Cal and Stanford. Shocker. Those are the teams that have lost games so far. 
for the Pac-12. But you've got eight teams in the Pac-12 who are in the top 25 this week. So as of right now, the Pac-12 is at the top of my list. I'm I'm revising my answer. You got USC, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, yes. Utah, Colorado. That is what I obviously meant to say. I need the people to give me a mulligan. Okay. So Pac-12 is my number one. Pac-12 is your number one. I think I'd put the Big Ten number two right now. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean. I mean, you've got. I hate the Big Ten West. I do, I do too. But, I mean, you've got. It's very top heavy. You've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all in the top ten right now. That's, yeah, and Iowa will be pretty solid this year. So it's like. I'm not going to be surprised if Penn State ends up at least being it beats at least one of those other two teams that are ahead of them right now. Not going all in on Penn State just yet, but I'm liking what I've seen so far in comparison. So do you put Big 10 number 2? Uh No, I put the Big Ten at three. I still think the SEC holds it too. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just because, you know, again, like you talk about top heavy. I mean, well, how good is Tennessee? I I still think that's a question. Uh, Milrow's been a little bit better than I thought, but um, I, I, I put, I put the Big Ten slightly ahead of the SEC. SEC would be my number three. Now, look, if you lined up and you played SEC against Pac-12, the, the best teams in the SEC, I think, are going to beat the best teams in the Pac-12. But just based on results right now, I, I'm going to put the Pac-12 higher because of the depth that they got. And it's still, you know, obviously ironic. Listen, middle tier SEC, SEC teams would stomp that the 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 middle tier of the Big Ten. Once you got past Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, that's fair. That's fair. I'll readjust. I'll go SEC. Sorry, I, that wasn't me reacting to you. That was El Conquistador calling me an SEC honk in the chat. <laughs> so, so right now I go Pac twelve, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC. Yeah. That's how that's, I'd go. That's how I feel it too. Yeah. I don't think we needed to spend much, much more time on that <laughs> than we needed to. But still a good question there, Tyler. Jay, just Jay. Thanks for the super chat. We need to sit the starting defense whole second half. Can't get a targeting this week. I hope the offense plays at least three quarters. Need to air it out. What do you think? Um I'm I'm on the so I'll first start with offense. I I think the offense needs to play three quarters no matter what. Would I like them out at halftime? Sure, but again, I, I like the idea of being fresh and tuned up for Ohio State. Um, and so yeah, I want to see the offense in there no matter what for the first three quarters. Defensively, I, I I don't really see this as a thing because they use so many players as is, and, and you know they they use their second string guys, they mm-hmm. use some of those third string guys, so. Um, again, I think if you're going to start getting into, you know, seeing more third and, you know, potentially fourth string guys, I think you need to wait until the end of the third quarter for both sides of the ball, but defensively they already use a lot of guys as is. So it's, it's hard to say really uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. All right. Uh Oh, we got a big old one. Yeah. Matt bringing a super chat. Thank you very much, Matt. 
Is anyone else concerned about kickoff coverage? I feel like the punt blocks masked a rather disappointing coverage last year, and I've seen some of the same this year. Thoughts? Um, now, remember, kick coverage and punt coverage are two completely different things. So if we're talking punt coverage, I mean, it's been okay. Kick coverage, we, we've seen, we saw one long return a couple of weeks ago, and it's like it's been hinged like on are they going to spring one here i'm i'm definitely thinking more about it this year than last year i would say i'm not i'm not really concerned um but i in terms of returning the ball i'd like to see a little bit more um you know chris tyree really hasn't done anything in terms of punt and i know that's hard sometimes just because of hang time and you know where where you are catching the ball in terms of the field and and, and you know the, the the guys running down at you but in terms of coverage, I, I just I haven't I haven't really seen anything that's overly concerned me, and I I don't want to go out and, and make a bold statement because again, it's so hard to focus on everything as the game is live happening at you, and, and unless you you're specifically going back and looking at something like you know kickoff coverage and punt coverage, it's really hard for me to make you know a defiant and bold statement, but. I don't think I've seen anything that stuck out like, man, I feel like that's going to come back to haunt them down the road. Or, man, I, I think Ohio State is going to bust some sort of, you know, big kickoff return against Notre Dame. I haven't seen any of that. And another reason why I'm not overly concerned is because Notre Dame plays their guys on special teams. It, it, it's not a, a, a portion of the game where you see, you know, second or third stringers in there. There's guys, you know, first string guys and rotational guys, like defensively guys who get in nickel coverages who are out there playing on special teams. And so I think when you have your guys out there, it really sends a message. And I, again, I just don't, I haven't seen anything that's overly concerning yet. Okay. I can live with that. Final question from Robert, just for fun in a big screen adaptation of the Irish breakdown story, which actors past or present could best portray the IB staff, which in coach coach D's mom, the best and many thanks for everything. Okay, Robert. So I've been thinking about this and I just jotted some. Oh down. boy. I'll let you take this one. I'm not good okay. at all the actors. Now and... this is just off the top of my head. I, you know, so like, you know, if I had a little bit more time to think about this, I might go in some different directions. Brian Driscoll is going to be James Gandolfini, you know, like the, you know, like the, uh, the, the mob boss, he's the mob boss from, uh, and now I, I can't Sopranos. Even... Sopranos. Thank you, man. I drew a blank there real quick. So, <laughs> so Driscoll is James Gandolfini. Vince, I thought long and hard about Vince. There's some different directions I could go with this, but since Vince, Vince loves Rudy, Vince loves Rudy so much. I'm going to go with John Favreau from, from Rudy D Bob. He is, uh, he's D Bob. John Favreau. Ryan is Jeremy Renner. Like, like Ryan has got that East Coast attitude. And, you know, like Jeremy Renner, you remember him in the town? Um, he was, you know, kind of the tough guy, Ben Affleck's friend in the town. So uh, I'm, I'm going with Jeremy Renner for Ryan. Jesse, I'm giving you Matt Damon because nice. I, you know, I, I feel like you've got that, you know, that, that Matt Damon, you know, kind of go along, get along vibe and, and that kind of thing, and you know, like uh, so you're you're telling me uh, in the scene of oh, what's that movie? 
where he goes up and he's like, how do you like them apples? I was just about to say that. Goodwill <laughs> hunting. You like apples? I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> One of my favorite scenes of all time in the movie. So that is Jesse. And then I get Tom Cruise just because, <laughs> you know, like Tom is aged better than me, you know, but uh, I just, I get Tom Cruise because we're about the same size and uh, Tom Cruise always running. He's still you know, is, is getting it done in the action flicks. And I mean, Top, Top Gun Maverick. So I get Tom Cruise. Now he's a little out there. Maybe you could say I'm a little out there in some instances as well, but I get Tom Cruise. So that's my casting. Well, and uh, L, well, well, Sean Christopher Walken. I don't know about <laughs> that. Like, like talking a staccato kind of sound. Uh, Gandolfini is dead. They did say actor past or present. Vince Vaughn is one that I thought about, but Vince is Vince Vaughn is too cool to be play Vince D'Addario, so that's why I went with John <laughs> So no one bring that up to Vince. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so Les, that is Les, my. Man, isn't he the WKRP guy? He is the W. Oh man, come on, salt or not salty, but El Conk. Come on, you're killing me with this. At least give me herb garlic. I mean, <laughs> wear the plaid suits and jackets and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's right. Brian is Tony Soprano. John, you got it exactly right. <laughs> Sean just got banned. <laughs> all right, so that's going to do it for tonight. Good questions. I like that little... Uh, that's a good one to end it on there yep i think so as well we will be back tomorrow and of course we've got ib countdown to kick off coming up for you this weekend as well so we will talk to you then hit the like button on your way out and of course the friendly reminder to subscribe rate and review and we will talk to you thursday on ib nation sports talk